This is Channel 253 Sports. In 2004, 30 years after the birth of the Seattle Sounders, a crack podcasting unit was sent to prison by a federal court for a crime they didn't commit. These men and women promptly, well, eventually, escaped from a minimum security luxury prison camp to the Tacoma Underground. Today, still wanted by the Timbers Army for dropping trial in front of Jeldwin, they survive as supporters of fortune. If you need a hot take, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire the Flounders B Team. Hey everybody, this is Steve and you're listening to the Flounders B-Team Podcast. We are here at the glorious Black Rock Distillery Tequila Lab, Sparkle Donkey, and we have a couple of uh, very special guests. Of course, our host, Stefan Schachtel uh, of Black Rock Spirits, distributor and importer of fine spirits, um, including Sparkle Donkey Tequila, four different varieties, as well as Bacon Vodka. And do you have any new stuff? Uh, it's all top secret. Top secret stuff, but yes, more stuff is coming. And when will we see that? Like fourth quarter, in first quarter? In the future. <laughs> in the future. All right. It's Teriyaki, beef jerky. They call it a lab for a reason, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's not all going to stick when you throw it against the wall. Also in studio, we have uh, Matt Pence, writer for The Athletic and author of The Sound and the Glory. It's a good, good little hook there. Yeah, baby. Um, <laughs> a great book, um, but uh, Matt's here to talk about kind of current state of the Sounders. Also, we have Nico Moreno, friend of Pod, and she's um, football MLS uh, Sounder at heart and DT USA. DT out of USA out of Houston. What? what uh, tell me a little bit about that. Uh, about that outlet. Uh, the Puerto Total USA uh, has. Uh, People all around the country, uh, and uh, I'm one of those based out of Seattle. They cover NFL, MLB, NBA, and MLS. Uh, here, I just covered uh, the Sounders, and now the Seattle Seahawks. It'll be my first season working with them. And, yeah, it's, just, it's a really good uh, outlet out of Houston. Right on, right on. So everybody's had a little bit of an amuse-bouche uh, with the tequila already, a little, uh, good little, stuff. little, little plata. Uh, the silver. You're of waiting the for the Anyahu, but it's good. <laughs> <laughs> He's uh, thirsty over there. Thirsty. Yeah. Are we going with the repo now? Yeah, let's just do it. Okay, repo. so we're going to start with the reposado. We have a lot to sample today. Um, and so oh, there's tons uh, yes, to look at to and drink. Oh yeah, and uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're not uh, we're not overdoing it. We've got these little Jello shot cups, thimbles. Uh, little thimbles, thimbles that Stefan is judiciously pouring. So, Matt, uh, tell me what's the strangest thing that happened to you this week? Oh, this week. That's a good question. Um, I think the Sounders' new ownership event was kind of weird. Yeah? Tell me a little bit about that. Well, just like watching Russell Wilson and Sierra Macklemore. <laughs> like, being a celebrity must On be same so page. weird. <laughs> just like the way they made their entrance and the way that everybody just kind of gravitates, gravitates toward them. Like, Macklemore's wearing his, like, thrift shop outfit. I'm like... This is weird. Did, he, so weird. Did he seriously bust out in the in the? It wasn't the exact one. They had like this pink cardigan that looked like it was made for like a seventy year old woman. I'm like, <laughs> wow. you have so much money, you don't have to dress like this anymore. <laughs> and it was just a really bizarre. Like, I get why the Sounders rolled it out that way, but I was like, man, and then, like Sammy was there too. That. The whale mascot oh, just kind of hanging around. I'm like, this is just a strange way to start my week. <laughs> you did like a page from like Fine Waldo. It was just like a whole bunch of random things yeah, happening no, all yeah, around. I got to tell you, that's one thing I just, I can't 
I can't understand or get behind is the is the Sammy the Whale situation. Um, no, I'm going to take the opposite stance here. <laughs> you got to have something. Yeah, you got to have something for the kids. Because no. the game itself isn't doing it. Ah. Yeah. Well, for the for the yeah for the orcas, you know. Cause, well, we're we're a carbon neutral team, are we not? That's correct. That is true. So they uh, for all the carbon dioxide that Steve lets out. <laughs> yeah. We, all that hot we plant, air. We plant trees and uh, what ha- compost a lot of the stuff at the stadium. Very into composting. Can you, right can you walk me through the, the? Was there an entrance, or was there music? Or, <laughs> it was a walkout like, music. Now, brr, well, it was introducing like, brr, the one brr, <laughs> only fresh out. It was fresh out. Like the, the, the theatrics yeah, of it, it, or was, was it like they all came from like backstage? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like what um, other what other setting are all those people going to be? Like together, yeah, right? Because it's completely different industries. You've got you've got you know Russell Wilson, superstar Sierra. You've got Macklemore and and uh, his wife. I forget her name, and that's terrible of me. Um, so uh, at any rate, uh, we're going to talk about a few things today. We're going to talk about that new ownership group, how that has uh, how that might have an impact on future resources. Spoiler alert: um, apparently none. Um, the current state of the uh, of the of the the current state of the team and recent form, which has been kind of uh, miserable. It's going to be very Uh, uplifting. (laughs) It's going to be very uplifting, that's right. (laughs) And, of course, the upcoming match in Portland, which will have some interesting overtones with the supporter group might not get into the iron front stuff today but uh yeah. we're gonna we're, we're definitely we have opinions and and i think we've shared that out on twitter uh, yeah pretty certainly. much if you're listening to this pod while you're on a bike or on a walk just stay away from any overpasses or bridges because it wow. just could be a downer <laughs> wow <laughs> <laughs> we'll edit that I out. thought you trigger trigger warning. Um, a, we're also going to talk a little bit about the uh, the outlook for the Sounders for the rest of the year, given all of uh, all of the things that have been happening, current state of MLS, and of course we're going to get to your listener questions for Nico and for Matt. And we're just really thank you so much for taking the time, both of you, to, no, to come and, and visit yeah. with us. Um, so uh, getting back into the ownership group situation, they, they, they brought um, they brought a broad group of investors into this uh, with the Joe Roth exit. How how much bigger is this ownership group compared to what it was before? And do we have any insight into how the equity is split among these owners? A vague idea. Um, so it sounds like of Joe Roth's shares, which was what thirty. Five percent or something like that. Yeah. Um, so of his shares, Adrian Hanauer bought some of them. Okay. Drew Carey brought bought some of them, and then these eleven new families divvied up the rest. Okay, and they so, were very purposefully vague on the exact details. Right. But, okay. So Joe Roth probably got his value out. Yeah, I bet he got certainly. a lot of money, mm-hmm. and uh, <clears throat> which is great for him and great for his family, and and frankly great for us because we don't have to deal with Joe Roth anymore, uh, running through walls and whatnot. But um, is there is there a is there a feel for like the level of magnitude of that investment? Uh, these Amazon families, these Microsoft, Microsoft families, I'm sure everybody's at a different at a different level. Um, yeah. And at some point it's kind of like Amway, right? But 
are we talking like a couple hundred grand, a couple million each? No. Like what 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 even is uh, what is the Sounders franchise valued at right now? Do we have any idea? Uh, the latest Forbes valuation was three hundred and ten million. Okay, and so you figure what? Probably about a third of that, okay. roughly. I mean, we're talking millions of dollars each. Okay, I, I would imagine. Yeah, right on. And I'm not cheap. They didn't offer it up to like no, the fans. of course. This isn't a uh, this That's isn't next. a garage sale yeah. or a, a Green Bay Packers kind of situation, yeah. no, no, right? No, more involved. And in I think that. Terry Myerson was the one that probably took a lot of it or most of it just by by the way he carried himself and you know the way he uh, was the one who kind of planned the whole thing and decided to uh, call the, uh, you know a lot of these people and ma- made the team together to keep that investment in Seattle and not allow mm-hmm. anybody from outside of the the region to do so. I have a feeling that he probably got a big share, right? He's a old Microsoft, ex-Microsoft uh, guy, so I think he probably took a lot of it. Uh, I think that Sierra Russell and, and mm-hmm. Macklemore probably are in the in the mid to lower end. I mean, that's just my belief on it, uh, especially with Russell uh, wanting to do other things with you know a new baseball group in Portland and you know other things that he's involved with. Um, yeah, so that's just my thing on it. What are we asking these? Uh, new, you know, 11 families or, or ownership. What, what are we asking out of the ownership group? Are they just a face to the, to the, you know, are they helping us brand this thing? Or are they going to be asked to write checks? Do they know what they're signing up for? And what exactly are they signing up for? Uh, it, it's way more, the way that they have sort of described it, I think it's way more a face of the franchise. Mm-hmm. Like, Whenever Adrian Hanauer talked, the first thing that he mentioned in terms of the impact that they could have is basically exposure. And now we're going to, we doubled our Instagram following in one day. And like, and that, that's, that's going to be the most tangible impact. Um, and obviously, they're going to have to cut some checks when it comes to player signings, but it seems like that side of it is going to stay pretty much the same. And it's going to be a, a hand hour decision and a Drew Carey decision. And they're going to have to pay for some of that, but they're not going to be the ones driving any financial decisions. When yeah, I, I think the million dollar question was, is there any added budget? Is there any extra money? You know, everybody sees all these names and uh, the luxury behind it. And or is Russell Wilson. And, you know, uh, is there going to be any more money? No. I mean, that's basically what Adrian uh, said. Finally, after... Several questions. Yeah. In different <laughs> minute forty-four of forty-five. Yeah. That's like, right. Look, he finally said, "You know what? There is no extra money. There's no extra money, and there's no." Uh, so basically, that said, if you were thinking that because this new eleven families came in, uh, we're going to bring Suarez or James Rodriguez, it's not going to happen. Not, wait, wait, wait! No one ever said anything about James. So you are. <laughs> wait, what? I just like that a slip? Yeah. No, I just like. Yeah. Yeah. Just gonna, well, you know what? He has no home right now. He wants to go somewhere, but I, he's not going to be here. Italy's reached out. You know, uh, there's been several teams, but nobody could afford him. Not on. You're on Colombian. He's Colombian. Hell yeah! Look it up. Get I'm actually, I've actually always wondered what the value of having celebrity ownership is. I mean, other than just investment, you know, face of the of the of the of the brand, uh, Instagram followers. Obviously, there's just more exposure for the those teams. Um, what is the impact? I wonder of having someone like Macklemore or Russell Wilson as kind of a uh, evangelist for the Sounders. Does that attract not just more? audience uh does that attract more tv deals does that attract more you know better quality players uh higher paid players uh you know what is the 
the tangible and intangible assets that uh, a celebrity owner gives us. Yeah, I mean, in terms of like the, the level of player and that kind of stuff, I think probably not very much. And I just think that the level of like celebrity owner involvement varies so much. Uh, I do think that having like a super invested celebrity owner, if you look like Will Ferrell in LA, is that all mm, the games? Yeah, tons of plus. It like yeah. makes your team seem cool and hip. And it's like, and there is like value in that, I think. But I mean, you look at, they also have Magic Johnson is one of their owners and he's not really involved at all. Um, so there are those sort of differing levels in terms of how engaged they are. Yeah, I, I don't really have an initial read on how invested Macklemore or Russell or Sierra is going to be in terms of like being in every game, being on the jumbotron. Like I don't know. I, I wonder though if like uh, Macklemore less so, like, you know, music fans, what kind of audience is that the, the, the music community? But uh, someone like Russell Wilson that commands a lot of attention in the football traditional American football sphere, does he? bring eyeballs to the the game from football fans that maybe have not thought of soccer on their it hasn't been on their radar he, i mean he, he's not like the most glamorous guy he's not like a a, a, a quarterback that just is this huge personality but he definitely does bring that level of exposure i mean i was telling uh i, I did a show uh down in panama a little bit about it and i was talking hey you know what radio stations that are typically not talking about the mls or the sounders spent three days talking about it uh here locally right yeah. Yeah. whether it was uh for 50 minutes 20 minutes so there is that extra added bonus of hey it's not just him but it's sierra and it's fun so you do get a little bit of exposure eventually perhaps maybe even endorsement towards the team yeah, because uh, sure. they're both big on that. Macklemore the same way, so maybe there could be like an extra surplus when it comes to that. Uh, but I do believe that it's more of that marketing side that would benefit. The I'm team. waiting for one of those big banners on the side of Century Link that with uh, Russell Wilson, but he's holding a soccer ball. <laughs> yeah. There you go in the Tanzania spot. Yeah, I'm just um, hoping that he uh, finishes one of his uh, Seahawk press conferences instead of saying "Go Hawks, Go Sounders." Yeah, that'd be great. So, does this indicate anything as far as uh, Russell Wilson's intent to? stay with uh, with the Seahawks. Well, he just re-upped. Okay. Right? He just signed his big yeah, contract. Yeah, he's huge. Like 42 yeah, a year. I don't know. player just, of all time oh, okay. right now. Ridiculous so, yeah. salary. He just, he's here for the long Thanks, term. Thanks, Sierra, for putting the pressure on him to yeah. Yeah, that's move. He's a good family man now. Mil, I think, is what he, it's, I, for the yeah. entire contract. More money than I'm ever going to see. Also, Sierra, we're looking for investment in Sparkle Donkey Tequila, so... I'm I sure mean, that she's listening right now. <laughs> Call me. Call me. You know my number. Uh. <laughs> we'll pull that card out at SparkleDonkeyTQ on the Twitters. Sierra, hit us up. Um, so on the flip side of the coin, um, I imagine that the that the techies, the Microsoft and Amazonians and, and those folks with, with business management experience, are going to have some opinions about things like social media management and business management and might have some expectations in influencing the day-to-day -day with the business. Uh, do you have any any thoughts on that or uh, uh, what can we expect from the uh, from the, the less high profile uh, ownership uh, members of the ownership group? For sure. I mean, there's a lot of brain power there. Um, the Sounders announced a new um, president of business ops today. Um, oh yeah, Peter Tomasawa. Yeah, that came out this morning. I, I, what's his like pedigree? Or what's that? So he's, City? yeah, he's on like yes. a lot. And like he, uh, he ha owns a part of the Las Vegas Golden Knights. He's okay. involved with Swansea City. He was a Goldman Sachs guy for okay. a long time. So, so he's on a lot of boards of directors. Yeah. And, so okay. I don't think those are unrelated. Sure. I, I think you bring in, and I do think that 
it's going to make a difference. I think that the business is probably going to be run more smoothly. Um, I just think that the difference in terms of like maximizing their revenues, which is a lot of what Adrian talked about the other mm-hmm. day. I mean, that's probably the difference in a couple million dollars well, a year. And when we ideally, t- when we talk maximizing revenues, yeah. we're talking about things like uh, sponsorships. We're yes. talking about things like ticket prices, renegotiating contracts with stadiums, yeah. uh, uh, trying to draw, try not trying to necessarily draw more players, but to really balance game to game, match to match, and and season to season how much ticket revenue we're 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 drawing, right? Yeah. Um, and, and is is ticket revenue the primary source of of uh, of income for the Sounders? I, I don't look at their. I mean, they don't have a public balance sheet, so. right? No, no, no that's no, all. I, very I, I really don't know. And and honestly, you know, I mean, they lease uh, that lease with the Sounders. Though mm-hmm. they have to sign that contract. I would think that part of that uh, the revenue of, of tickets in part goes to, goes to the Seahawks, but I, I really don't know uh, what that would be like. Uh, but I can assume that that's the way it is, or, or that's just always been my theory on it. Uh, I would like to definitely dig a little bit more on it because so many of our followers uh, and audience, you know, typically talks about their their buck. You know, it's my money. It's my mm-hmm. season tickets. Yeah. Uh, so it's something that I would like to know. But, you know, we always got to remember that we're just renting that place, basically. We're the, the, the Seahawks run the show. It's their, is their home. is their stadium. And, uh, you know, some some fans I've heard that after that split, because, you know, they were together for a while, this, this seemed like the, the team economically was was better at that point. So yeah. I just, I, I'm not really sure how that goes. Well, and I think that, like, if you're the type of sports fan who likes to, like, root for a well-run organization who maximizes revenue, <laughs> Big win. Big win this week. But in terms of like actually changing the game or moving the needle in terms of like how they're going to put their team together, this wasn't that. Right. Uh, who, who was somebody replaced? Uh, in terms of, well, Joe Ross. Oh, t- oh, the, the uh, president of no. business operations. No, it's, a, it's, a it's a new position. position. Okay, yeah. so it wasn't like a Wiley thing or... No, I mean, I would imagine that his role is going to be more marginalized now, um, but he's still around. I think it's just kind of a reshuffling. Not, it, it doesn't excite me. It doesn't... Uh, it doesn't... That's supposed to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know what I mean. Okay, well, you, if you want to create a... If you want to run it like a business, I mean, we can see right from this from this window... Uh, a, a building that produces crap year in and year out, but I'm sure they're making money. <laughs> no, uh, uh, the the stadium with the roof. <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm just oh, serious. Safe coat, gotcha. I mean, it's it's all about come have fun, go you know get some fresh air and and watch the hydros. But I mean, we're like 50 games out of first place right now, and and I I don't want to I don't want a franchise that's run just to make money. I want something that's a little bit more exciting. Yeah, you you go in you you. I mean, now granted, Portland—they're either making the playoffs in the finals or they're not making the playoffs at all. So, I mean, if that's if that's the two options we have, but Portland's always producing an exciting game for some for some aspect. There's something that's always interesting about the Portland story. Yeah, and for 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 me as a season ticket holder, for me as a supporter, for me as as somebody that's 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 trying to pay attention to what's going on with this team uh, uh, week in and week out, um, and somebody that has to pay for these tickets as they as the prices raise every year. Um, individual ticket prices have gone up and up and up um, 
one might argue, uh, conversely to the value of the product, right? To, to how exciting the game is. Um, if you're going for, uh, I don't have ticket prices in front of me, so maybe this isn't a great line of questioning, but is does it make sense that these prices are going up higher than inflation um, and uh, the product on the field is, is not as compelling as it used to be? Yeah, I think that the bigger sort of issue here, because you were talking about Mm-hmm. You don't want to necessarily refer to teams only trying to maximize revenue, which I get. But like, I think the Sounders have earned the benefit of the doubt in terms of doing enough exactly. to, to put a contender out there. I mean, sure. they've always been right around that yep. top line. I think that what's interesting about this is in the context of a changing league, mm-hmm. when you have these much more ambitious teams coming in mm-hmm. and kind of pushing that boundary, if you're really pivoting into that model, how is that going to stand up? And in terms of like raising ticket prices to have a team that's a little bit more expensive, like you're probably going to have to do that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you have a team like Atlanta and, and LAFC coming in that's not worrying about making a profit or breaking even, I just think that their economics within the context of the league are going to be really interesting in the next five or ten years and how they sort of plan on continuing to compete at the same level. That they and, and to follow that up, I mean, I think that this is where me and Matt probably... <clears throat> split uh, opinions is because I, I think that you can I like what the Sounders do I'm maybe not the popular choice but <laughs> where do they want to go they want to build a team that can create their own talent so they put a lot of money into uh, developing players and they're uh, using the Tacoma Defiance to maybe find the next star and, and find the, the next Danny Leva and it takes Aren't a they? while it takes long but that's how big franchises mm-hmm. are made in other countries. I mean, in Colombia, Atlético Nacional is like the birth of the national team because you got all these players that develop out of there or they get very young and then they become uh, this huge star in that uh, primary team in the first division. And I think that's what that's what they want to go. They go and get guys that perhaps will be functional, that will work. Uh, you know, I, I said it not too recently uh, that... You know, Kim Ki-hee was coming out of being a free agent. He got cut uh, in uh, the Chinese league. He came in. He did a great job uh, when he was here. Gustav Svensson was somebody that not all of them knew. I criticized both of those moves, and they ended up being good players. So I think they have the ability to just bring guys that can function within that system, and they, they work. And within that, they also went and got a stud like Nicolas Todero that's mm-hmm. going to run the show that's going to be your heart and soul out of the midfield and then you got Raul Ridias, uh the top striker from Liga MX in Morelia and Idol somebody that got his number retired for an entire season sure. and he comes and kills it right so I think they want to try to they're not going to go out there and get these huge you know 20 million dollar signing but they're going to bring somebody that's good that's going to work and you know Raul Ridias was a star in Mexico but maybe he wasn't of the high caliber because he played for Morelia, not for uh, Pachuca or for Club America. So I think that's what they want to look for. Chris Henderson is a huge part of that. He's got the eye for talent. He's mm-hmm. the guy that goes out there and looks for these guys. The thing about it is that, yes, you're not going to get those big signings. I mean, we had, uh, you know, we always talk about it here. We we had uh, the discovery rights on Almiron, on Blanco. We just couldn't sign him because we just didn't have that kind of money. We ended up bringing Nicolás Torero in. It works well. Mm-hmm. But it's just the way... The franchise works, and I don't mind it. I mean, I know that everybody wants results. Everybody wants their team to be like LA Galaxy and go get Guillermo Escaloto out of South America <laughs> and sign Slatan and get Christian Pavon, uh, this great player, be a winger. 
but you know it doesn't work for everybody and i think the sounders that's why they brought in guards because it's a guy that's smart with money that can uh maximize salary and that's just what it goes so um you mentioned um you mentioned salary and i wanted or not salary you met you mentioned uh, academy kids and using defiance to kind of grow players into the squad and um, I, I'm interested, I, I uh, kind of teased this last night, um, I'm interested in what you guys think about how the Academy system is being implemented and used, and whether there's a gap uh, between uh, the Academy, how the Defiance is being used, and uh, kind of the, the higher division like U21, U23 that we used to have that we don't really have, that doesn't really get focus anymore because of affiliation issues and so on. Well, the U23 is by name only. Yeah. I, that's, a, that's a Lane Smith thing. And they're so no they're longer not, even associated with the club. No, I, don't know, I don't know if they're still allowed to use the name. Maybe by the end of the season, they might have to rebrand. Mm-hmm. So there's, Yeah, they're just a name. They're definitely not connected to the club. But I'm interested in what you guys think about uh, about how that's being implemented and whether there is actually hope for academy players to kind of return to the uh, return to the the uh, return to the first team and have uh, good performance uh, through USL and through uh, the USL team and through the the MLS team, or if there's a if you perceive that there's a gap as well. No, I don't think that there's a gap. I okay. think that the way that it's set up now uh, works pretty naturally. Okay. Especially with the Sounders trying to get younger, that's kind of like mm-hmm. a stated goal of Garst sure. to try to get these guys in. And Leva is probably an extreme example. Um, but having these kid guys who break in while they're still teenagers and having that be what they want to do. So I don't know that a gap's there. I think that it's it's probably too early to call it a rousing success or sure. to even say that it's failing in any way. I think that it seems, certainly seems like they're on the right track, but this stuff just takes so long. Mm-hmm. Like building the in- infrastructure and then having your talent start to come up, like it just takes a while. So I do think that the academy team is on the right track. Yeah. I, and, I, and with what Nico was talking about before, it's I actually that model is interesting. It's just I, I understand the frustration right now when the Sounders aren't quite there yet, mm-hmm. and so they're sort of still like they're sort of stuck between eras. It's like they're still sort of built like the team they were before, and the mm-hmm. academy's not quite there yet. Yeah, and they kind of cheaped out in the summer, and I get why <laughs> people are frustrated because you don't have that pipeline set up. But I think they give it another two or three years and. That could be a very viable way of building your team. And um, it's okay to criticize. I don't mind them criticizing. And that's the thing, as a fan, you, you should be able to do so. You know, I don't like those who think, oh, because I'm a fan, I can't criticize. No, it's all right to do so. You know, I'm just going to give you my take on it uh, from a broader perspective, maybe seeing uh, not just the tree, but more of the forest. You know, I'm kind of seeing the big picture, right? And, and that's just what I want to do. But yeah, if you're a fan, you should definitely be able to criticize and, and want to go get uh, Luis Suarez, and, and that's okay. I have a plan for that. Um, right before we started recording, I thought, well, what would we, what would it take to get, you know, like a fifteen thousand, fifteen million dollar signing bonus uh, or transfer fee, like a Suarez tax? And I said, <laughs> if if you, you know, if you charge me an extra five bucks a ticket times my two tickets, well, times forty thousand because that's I'm hoping what we're going to average in stadium times seventeen games times four years, you're looking at you know somewhere between thirteen and fifteen million, and I think that. You know, would you? You're asking now, what would you be willing to pay to have a, a you know a marquee player in here, and is an extra five bucks a game worth it? You know, should I get on the whiteboard right now and yeah. just like do the math here? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, to, to, we talk. He, I mean, he talks out of both sides of his mouth. Uh, Adrian does from time to time about 
we want to sustain, but then we also want to fill the stadium. So, I mean, where's the return on investment between bringing somebody? How can you fill the stadium with a bunch of, I mean, if, if, we're, if we're filling the stadium with you know, a bunch of academy kids or the Jorson Mordens, I don't know how how that's going to work. Yeah, it might be great economically because you, you signed them to long-term deals when they were younger and you don't have to pay them, you know, you know, double digit millions, just single digit millions. I, I think I think the the management of some of these teams, they they you know Sounders uh, certainly included in that, is that you, you're you're trying to balance a bunch of different things, and one is like you want to make sure that we are a long term viable team, and then you also want to put butts in seats and make sure that people are excited about the team. I mean, we just a you know a small anecdote is you know my wife and I are pretty much like the only soccer fans in our community of friends and so people know us as the couple that goes to every single game right they and we picture talk, you as the, yeah, the family that's like painting their face yeah, we are like I, I you know we, we we go to you know World Cup games at bars and I bring my face paint I'm not lying I bring face paint and paint people's faces because it's fun for me not right? my own we host we host world cup uh, matches at our house and have breakfast like the last world cup you know 6 a.m people are at our house and they don't know anything about soccer right so uh, there's there's this element where i find it uh more difficult when the sounders aren't doing exciting things to get more people who are just on the periphery of they want to like soccer and they want to be like wowed and I get that there's a, it's a long-term proposition and you have to play good soccer. Uh, but boring soccer doesn't do anything for anybody. And even for us season ticket holders, when you're watching boring soccer, and even if you eke out a result every four games, is it enough? Is that why I'm paying for my season tickets? Like for us to be an okay team? Yeah. For sure. And it's, I think it's very rational to want to run the team the way that they are. Yep. And I think that MLS has maybe learned the lesson of the NASL a little bit too well. <laughs> that it's like you don't want to overexert yourself, but at the same time, I think the Sounders have kind of successfully painted themselves as it's like, oh, look at Arthur Blank out there spending all this money that Blank we don't checks. have. Mm -hmm. Well, you're also just talking about Russell Wilson just got $140 million. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and they have all of these Amazon and Microsoft execs. It's yeah. like, it's not really like my job to worry about like Adrian Hanauer's money. We are not like, the poor team here. No, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. have the pockets to be able to do that. And yeah, I get why they don't want to, but it, it's an interesting criticism when it comes to all this and their long-term goals are they attainable to fill up that stadium and you're not going to want to charge fans double because there comes a point where it's just not going to work. So every it's an time. interesting tension to keep an eye on moving oh, yeah. forward. Every time Russell Wilson drops a million dollars on a player, they got to rewrite the whole equity agreement, get everybody in your room to Wait, sign your salary in, is paid all the lawyers. Entirely by Russell Wilson? <laughs> yeah. Not my salary, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, did we beat the transfer I, I window? We certainly beat that one to death. Um, really appreciate you guys' patience as we kind of teased that all out. Um, did you, uh, while we're, well, why don't we just go ahead and take a quick break, and we will be right back to talk a little bit about current state, um, see what happened in the transfer window or what didn't happen in the transfer window, and then we'll close out with uh, an outlook for the rest of the year and your listener questions. I'm Steve, you're listening to the Flounders B-Team Podcast. 
This is Steve Kettleson, host of the Flounders B-Team podcast, a Channel 253 podcast. Channel 253 is sponsored by our friends at Tacoma Arts Live. Did you know that Tacoma Arts Live runs one of the largest arts education programs in the state? Every year, more than 40,000 youth participate with Tacoma Arts Live through special education matinees, scholarships, productions at schools, and much more. Perhaps even as impressive as the total number of students served are the kind of youth served. In the in-school residency program, students were, on average, more diverse than the general population of our region. 79% were low-income, 20% have special needs of some kind, 8% had experienced homelessness. Getting these kids arts education is vital. Whether it's the chance to bang on some drums and learn better self-discipline, like one student did, or find a new sense of belonging and self-expression, like two sisters who were living in a shelter with their mother, these are students who badly need the restorative and transformative power of the arts. Tacoma Arts Live, teaching our youth the tools that will create an enlightened, creative, and discerning citizenry ready for the challenges of the 21st century. Learn more at tacomaartslive.org education. And thank you for supporting Channel 253. Top Shelf Tuesday, which everything over twelve bucks is uh, is fifty percent off, and then, I mean, I I don't think this was part of their their program. It's like, all right, you're paying full price for that one, but I ordered this, and then the Don Julio 1940, 1492, 1942, 1942, 1942. Yeah, <laughs> Don Julio didn't come over on the Mayflower. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, you know, Columbus brought it over. <laughs> <laughs> So, the Santa Cuervo. Eh? So I, uh, I had a. I, I had this, that 14 generation story. I had though, this sitting right next to the the 1942, and I turned my back and I was like, "Oh shit, which was which?" Like I don't want to get ripped off here. <laughs> and I mean, they look the same. They're in like you know little mm. tumblers. They're the same color, and I smell them. And I'm like, "Holy moly!" Go to your microphone. Like, holy moly! And talk they, about talk these, about this tequila if you want to. You got 30 oh, seconds. No, that one's mine. This one's yours. And I grabbed, I, you know, I grabbed both, and I was smelling them, and I was like, "Smell this. Which is which?" It's like, "Well, this is the this is the Don Julio. This is this is a Sparkle Donkey." I'm like, "Oh, they look the same. They smell the same." They do. And then I drank uh, I drank the 1942, and I was like, "Yeah, little tequila burn." And then I went to the Sparkle Donkey. I'm like, "Holy shit! Holy shit! We've been lied to." <laughs> the 1942. It, it's 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 all Diageo. Like they, we're we put you put it in a pretty bottle and you put it in front of people and tell everybody this is awesome Stick like a camera to believe it absolutely like yep. holy shit I will put uh, cheers I will put 1942 yeah, please let me get a resounding uh, yeah. I'll put 1942 up yeah, against up against beautiful baby Sparkle Donkey and Nejo any day of the week man and if you don't believe me come find me I will buy you a drink on a, a Tuesday make sure it's a Tuesday <laughs> Wow, that is Tuesday, smooth. Baby. It's good. It's very nice. That's good. Yeah. That is smooth. Not a newer one, but yeah, it's good. What do you, is it, what do you mean new? Uh, well, just like it's you change it a little we, differently, or no, no, we just uh, released it about a year and a half ago, so it's the newest of the Sparkle Donkey family. Yeah, mm. I, I give. Go that try it. Delicious. Go buy it. It's really good. And if you, you don't like it, let me know. I will buy the bottle from you. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta tell you that that, that went down smooth for an añejo like this. I mean, it smells delicious. It tastes delicious. Wow, that's good great. news! That's you can nice. get the reposado at Safeway now. Yeah, yeah. It's you like just have to look for though, it. Right? What do I get then? Yeah, like thirty bucks, thirty-five yeah. bucks. Well, it's it's on the price. It's, uh, I think it's going to be uh, for the rest of the summer. I think the reposado at Safeway is going to be uh, twenty-nine nine nine. Make sure you punch that's in your phone great. number. Yeah, you got to put your phone exactly. number in there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
That's a good Give deal. Give money to the bog. Your number to the bog. That's a good deal. <laughs> That's God, I, I, I had it, and I'm like, oh, my God. And then the, and the bartenders, the bartender's like, oh, I've never had this before. <laughs> we could totally pour this into the 1942 bottle. Nobody know. Like, yeah, but you wouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, but you wouldn't do that, would you? <laughs> hey, depletions. That's all no, good. I, I bought both of them a shot, and I'm like, try this, and awesome. they enjoyed it. So right on. Oh, yeah. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about current form and what that means for uh, both the match coming up in Portland and kind of project that out uh, to the rest of the year. Good um, thing we just had another shot. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's for the pain, baby. That's for the pain. The red line, loose baby. Loose lips, sink goals. We got the red Let's line hope. blues. <laughs> got the red line blues Is it a must win? Sure. It, is it, yeah, a, must is it a must win? win? Well, we it's agree. after July. Are we talking Portland? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, it's a must win. I think yeah, it's a absolutely. must not lose by five goals. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, it'll be completely demoralizing. Uh, what's your expected? Uh, what's your expected? Well, first, who do you think we're going to trot out uh, <laughs> formation wise? Who's available this yeah. week? Yeah, uh, considering their depth. <laughs> well, guys, I, uh, who can we scrape together? Are we gonna Are we gonna field eighteen? Jesus! No, you definitely field eighteen. Uh, I think that three goalkeepers. I think that Sashini will be uh, part of this game uh, in some sort. Uh, I'm I, sorry. Say that again. I think Emmanuel Sashini will be part of the eighteen. Oh, we forgot about uh, him. Yeah. Uh, at some point, I don't know if he's gonna start uh, just because he hasn't been training constantly with the team. But I think he could be part of the eighteen. He uh, was doing obviously uh, the. Everything that was related to his visa, his work visa, uh, I know that it's not an exact science. I was told that morning uh, before I realized he wasn't at training that uh, it's not an exact science. So it could take two to three days. Uh, so it could be up to the limit to Portland. Uh, but if he does have his visa, I think he'd be available for the 18 because he's a piece you could try to bring in. Might give you a little bit of a spark in the midfield. Uh, the bad news is that uh, uh, Kim Ki, he was kind of... Maybe had soreness of some sort, and he uh, did step out. Um, so I'm not really sure if he'll be there. That'd be very concerning to me because yeah. you'll either go Campbell and Ariaga or uh, Salam and Ariaga. Both of those are very inexperienced, and you're going against Brian Fernandez, who has showed you what he can do. El Matador in front of goal uh, is going to be a difficult day if that's the case. Um, aside from that, Brassmead looked like he was back uh it full at practice so i expect him to be there uh obviously leered him on the other side uh roll down will start i'm guessing gustav will start uh nico ship uh morris and raul up top yeah so pretty much full strength no victor still yeah and, and no maybe victor. no cam what's would... going on with victor rodriguez where where's he where is he what's happening we saw with a him? specialist in la oh uh, over the weekend, which never sounds good. Is this just the extension of the same misdiagnosed I, injury, or is this uh, a re-injury, or, or is this uh, same same zone? Is the hamstring? Yeah, okay. is the hamstring zone. still? Uh, he just hasn't been able to uh, get over it. When he felt good, he's just tied right back up. Uh, not sure if it's what they're doing to rehab him or just. Uh, I, I'm not sure, but all I know is that he's felt like he could be back and then has a setback, and it feels like he'll be back and then has a setback. So uh, he hasn't been practicing fully with the team. He did individual workouts. That's never a good sign. That's why I don't expect him to be part of the 18. That's fair. We uh, we had one of our lead trainers basically mm-hmm. either step down already or say this is the end of his season because he's going to go back to the EPL. Um, 
Does this are they are they related? I mean, is MLS because we we always talk about it, but since Dave Tenney left, things mm-hmm. really, maybe those are the good old days. I don't know if, if do you have any uh, uh, any answers? I was say is that is is the hamstring curse real? Yeah. <laughs> Do we need to sacrifice yeah. a chicken or a goat or something before you? <laughs> I know Matt's got a good good point on this. Well, I've always said that every single fan base overrates the amount of injuries mm-hmm. that their own team suffers <laughs> because they're the team that you pay the closest attention to. Yeah. And if you go to Kansas City, they're like, oh, oh Kansas City. All year. <laughs> so that, and I do think that, like, I know that fans don't like to hear about the turf, but it, it's tougher on your body. It is. And it over the course of a season, it, it grinds guys down. And so I think that, I don't think that that is related to why Damien's leaving. I just don't know that it was ever a great fit. Mm-hmm. Like, it just felt like he never totally... I know he, he had some visa issues last year, and he got in late, and it just seems like they never were really able to implement his program. Is his team of, of folks, are they all independent, or are they all? did, did he hire them or bring them with him? I'm not quite sure. Uh, I want to say he did bring some guys. Cause I think it's mostly a lot of holdovers from Tenny, though. Yeah, okay, as well. yeah. yeah, it's a little yeah. bit of both, but I, I think that just what Matt said, he... Him personally, you know, being at the trainings, looking at uh, just the uh, body language and the attitude with the players. I, I just I don't know if he's ever been a, a fit uh, with the team. And, and, and I think that's why he ends up leaving. And I think, yeah, and it's probably for the best for everybody. But it, it takes a long time, like everything else, to implement these type of things. So having to bring in somebody else and sort of change over all that again like it's definitely mm-hmm. it's not an ideal thing for a team people get used to the trainers and yeah there's no, trust turning over trainers, trainers that yeah, often yeah, it's sure. tough on your team now the the team trains on grass yes how often do they train on turf not very often if so, ever but they they maybe play you know what 17 games plus you know maybe the the portland the vancouver the atlanta and new england so maybe 20 out of their 34 games are on turf can we are we can we still blame turf <laughs> and can we start a hashtag saying macamore real grass <laughs> well, <laughs> Wait, that's, a, that's like hot donkey you might have to uh, <laughs> clear your, your search history after that it could be a deeper subject of that i mean i've talked to uh, other colleagues around the league and 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 you know that have really good insight on their clubs and uh some of them uh, at times things that when uh, injuries like this continue to reoccur is because at times they're uh, misdiagnosed because yeah. they're not treated properly or at adequately depending on what exactly part of the muscle you should be working on uh so it could be deeper than just david i'm not gonna say that it was just him uh so i mean it could be a little bit deeper and i think it's something the team should look into because uh there have been times in the past with osvaldo alonso himself 2017 right he had said that he was misdiagnosed and it wasn't until he went to la when he realized that they were treating him for the wrong thing so i mean it could be part of that for sure and and in terms of the turf stuff um you are right um that it's not really like you're not practicing or getting on there that often, but it's your highest intensity work, right? I okay. mean, it, it's when you're playing, you're playing on. Yeah, it's the most intense. Thing. I just remember talking. I think it was Zach Scott that I talked to later in his career, and he just talked about how he could just feel it in his joints the day after the game differently playing at CenturyLink versus playing on grass. It just does affect you differently. I, I, mm-hmm. I know. I, I mean, even the new, we have new turf now, and it's it's you know pretty awesome. But you're talking about Zach Scott, which played on 
old, old, old turf. Like yeah. no, yeah. no rubber, no carpet. carpet. Just, just, just straight up. You know, welcome mat turf. And uh, shoot, I'm, I'm just. I know. Was it uh, Josie? Josie threw a, a conniption fit when uh, when they let go of the trainer that pretty much helped him and Jovinko yeah. uh, stay healthy. And I'm wondering, you know, maybe that guy's available and we couldn't. Yeah, I'm just wondering how much of it is is just your daily routine and diet versus, you know, maybe you're just getting old and and when you when you stretch for a ball that you shouldn't, then maybe that's when you start pulling. The, I don't know. I'm just trying yeah. to I'm trying to link things that may not be there. No, and it's, it's all minimal. It's just, it's one of those things, like with everything else in sports, the more that you, like, study it and follow it closely, it's just so many little things mm-hmm. add up into yeah. what you see and what ultimately gets somebody injured. And, like, it's just all, this accumulation of everything. It's hamstrings it, and ACLs. And, that, yeah. and I think it's, like, it's that. a classic uh, story of, like, uh, correlation versus causation. Yeah. Like, like, confirmation oh, well, bias. Most, exactly. Like, yeah. most injuries happen on this. Well, injuries happen no matter on what kind of pitch you're playing on. Uh, it's it's tough to actually create a you know line from point A to point B yeah. on some of these. So yeah, but, but I, I would like them to look into it a little bit more just because I remember at, coming into this season. You know, everybody had said, well, you know, last year we had a lot of injuries because we had to do Concacaf early. We didn't have a lot of time to you know get the, the players fit and you're immediately going into into play. That wasn't the the fact this year and yeah and like in the narrative was that oh everybody's gonna be well rested there seemed to be so. a CONCACAF curse because you know uh, Kansas City Toronto yeah. last year oh, yeah, that's tough, and, yeah. and us last yeah. year I mean yeah. we, we lost Jordan what first game, game of the season injuries. I mean, there's um, so there's there's definitely a correlation between our recent form uh, in August uh, oh, losing 3-2 yeah. to KC uh, drawing by the skin of our teeth, three three against New England at home, uh, getting destroyed three nil by RSL, and of course the miracle two two draw against LA, uh, where they uh, scored two against us, one on a PK, one an Ibrahimovic special uh, that we managed to keep level, even though they were they were down a man basically eighty four minutes of the match plus mm-hmm. stoppage, um, but um, I'm also interested in so it's not just injuries that had a contribution to that form we also had an unfortunate incident with uh, Roman Torres Um, and uh, we'd be remiss not to talk about it I don't know how much insight you folks have into um, kind of the circumstances of that or this is Nico's guy I'm leaving this to him (laughs) (laughs) well you know like I said uh, you know I mean uh, Roman got to talk uh, to uh, some of the members of the media and you know he kind of told us that um, all of this happened throughout uh, several months. Uh, I am kind of skipping on on the days. I want to say sure. uh, that it was May when he was tested, and then in June was when yeah, it was like late April he got tested. June I got flagged, there you and go. then yep, yeah, they, and that's when everything came up. Uh, what I do think, you know, I think the biggest speculation is that it's a steroids, it's a certain things, and uh, you know what I've been able to kind of hear is that if it had been something that was definite. And for sure, thought as a complete muscle builder or enhancement, uh, he could have been suspended for the whole year or, or beyond that. And he probably would have been suspended right away, right away. If, yeah. it, if it was an obvious anabolic. Story. Absolutely. So there had to be an investigation. And that's why, huh. uh, you know, everybody says, oh, every athlete says, I don't know what I took. 
But when the league has to do that much investigation into whatever product or ingredient was part of a supplement, it is clear that it wasn't something obvious. Otherwise, it would have been a different story. Therefore, knowing Romano, saying that he has a 15-year career without any issues, one of the most uh, disciplined guys when it comes to mm-hmm. once you're in regular season shape, working out, being fit. I mean, uh, I got tagged on he Twitter was at the club, him. yeah. At, at, at twenty, at twenty-four of oh no, LA Fitness, uh, just going at it hard because with the, the medicine ball, that, yeah. That was, that was like the most depressing video. <laughs> yeah, it really was. That dude was playing Wait, in the World Cup a year ago. Was that more he depressing? Went from the World Cup to LA Fitness in like Kirkland. <laughs> <laughs> was that more depressing than watching Jordan Morris rehab? Lives, but that video kind of killed me. So all that being said, just shows you the type of guy he is, the attitude. Mm-hmm. What he believes in, uh, and and that's why uh, it's clear that it wasn't uh, voluntary, and and uh, that's the narrative that a lot of people have because once he uh, had a really poor performance in L.A., uh, he starts training. I see him doing uh, three-day workouts at LA Fitness, doing uh, water treatment, water work, swimming, doing uh, all these different types of work Mm -hmm. because he knew he had a bad game. And then this comes up. So the media thought, is, oh, it was steroids. No, it wasn't. It was a guy who understood that he needed to work out a little bit harder. They needed to get fit. He ended up doing it, had a couple of really good performances, including the Atlanta win. And... Sadly, you end up losing him uh, because of an unfortunate situation. And I think he's going to be very important once he comes back because a lot of these issues that you've had in the back line is because of a little bit of a lack of leadership. You got a 24-year-old Ariaga that mm-hmm. was supposed to come in to learn from mm-hmm. Chad Marshall and, 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 yeah, yeah. and Roman. That was the thought. We asked Garth. We asked Brian. We're going to take it slow. He's going to learn. He's going to get acclimated into the league. That hasn't been the case. Kim Ki-hee is a good player, but I think he needs a bigger, broader guy that's going to be able to win those uh, uh, balls coming in from the crosses. He's always struggled in that. Struggled in the preseason. Struggles now. Uh, So I I think all of that is all together as a reason why the back line has had miscommunications, individual mistakes, Mm -hmm. and and a lot of issues in that department. Chad Marshall. Chad yeah. Marshall won every – never found a header he couldn't – didn't like. Ch- yeah, Chad Marshall, uh, Air Marshall the, right? the loss. Yeah. <laughs> Air Marshall, Marshall Law is what I like to call him. That never – that never uh, – <laughs> never, never stuck. Uh, <laughs> never stuck, yeah. Last um, chance. <laughs> but, hey, you know, they can't all be winners, you know. Um, well, no, I but, just, uh, I, I mean, it, just to tease this out a little bit more and, and, and stretch it, I mean, so you're, you're taking a supplement right. that notionally you know the source of – but isn't necessarily isn't necessary like like a doctor is prescribing this no, or no, it, no, an it's, over-the-counter it's a team, right. or here uh, in Panama you think I, I'm not I'm not quite sure about that part of it because at the time when we uh, mm-hmm. discussed it uh, th- there still wasn't really uh, an understanding of where it could have come from in the press conference he mentioned it could have been from a, a medication it could have been for sure. uh, other things so th- th- this particular ingredient could be in several supplements he mentioned something about uh, uh, 60 or 50 percent of uh, some of uh, athletic supplements have this ingredient or something okay. like that so yeah, supplements just, are the wild wild west man yeah, yeah, there's well, no fda like, anything no and, and i get it and i get that it probably wasn't him having a bad game and then shooting up with steroids <coughs> it's still your job as a professional athlete sure like to just no. you have to know what's going into yeah. your body. I saw like something. It, was a, it was a very bad mistake yeah 
very badly cost. So, right. I saw, yeah. I saw the label, right? Yeah. Whatever, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. It's tough when you are playing in between, you know, your international team and, and MLS. Uh, but you're right. And he said this it's no excuse. You know, yeah, I, I should have known. Sure. Yeah. He owned it. Is, it, is, there, no is there not? I think I saw something on Twitter talking about, like, how come, uh, why is there not some sort of, like, approved team store where all these supplements can be vetted like these are things that the league has approved for you to ingest and this is where you buy them it goes through the league so that you there are no qualms there are no issues there's no like if you go outside the realm of what is approved then you do so at your own risk right but How? i mean does that not exist i mean if if, if not and if they're that, being, if, no, if, more, if we're talking about a money-making venture. Holy crap! The NFL—if you were to put the or the MLS a stamp, you know how much money you would make. Every every wannabe NFL approved, every wannabe yeah. weekend warrior athlete, like I'm going to take all these MLS ones because they're approved. And <laughs> yeah, but I mean that. Why, why not have Torres, a storefront or at least online? Listen, I'm, I'm 46 and I'm like trying to get back into. I'm trying to get back into game shape. Be a bro. If the coach would have put me in, I could have won state. We could have won state. I could throw this football over that mountain. No, seriously, why not have a place right now? What am I doing? Just like you said, why not have an MLS? You know, yeah, warehouse it, or something. And it might exist on some level, honestly. I, yeah. I just don't know. I think it's one of the challenges of having this truly global sport, though, in a way that the NFL doesn't have to contend with. It's Absolutely. like maybe Ramon, it's like, probably started taking these things when he was 13 years old. In Panama, athletes are so particular about their bodies. It's like it's so much more complicated in the soccer world. Sure. I wonder how long these all this. things last in your system. Because yeah, I know, yeah. like, well, so THC and marijuana, you could smoke a whole bunch and then get fat and then years later you stop smoking but then if you start working out that sits in your understanding that he should be back uh, by september 29th for the san jose game uh 14 days before that that he'll be able to train and uh, play with Tacoma defiance uh he has told us repeatedly that he does want that option he wants mm-hmm. to work out he's done it in the past he likes that experience in junior stadium um he is still working out you guys see him working out working out as a soccer uh you know, uh, not just physically, he's, but also working with soccer techniques and things of that nature. So he's trying to stay fit. Can we loan him to like the Tacoma Stars or uh, another another <laughs> Canadian you know Premier good. League team? Anything? Just we give him, him. him to Defiance once. Well, and not, not Defiance because it's related. <laughs> but I mean, I, I, even outside of the country, can we loan him? Can we loan him and let him that. play? I and mean, is that a FIFA and thing? More importantly, I, I don't. I think the suspensions carry over. Yeah, it's a FIFA. Yeah, because I'm not sure just if he get can him, play with the national him, team. Keep him in game shape. Like Brian Fernandez when he came in, he was suspended for like whatever he was doing, like yeah. trying to fight a fan yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. no spitting. So carry no, over. Roman, Roman, if you're listening to this, you're welcome to join my indoor team. We play. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I let We're him know. We're not I got you. We could use the defender right here. Just to keep the you know. So he's still on a uh, he's still on free agency. He's not a he's he's not on contract oh, right absolutely. now, right? No, he's in contract. He's, yeah, I he, thought he, his contract ends at the end of uh, this year. Yeah. Gotcha. And he has option, have the, okay. He has an option for next. Oh year. man, that's a bummer. Option, right? Yep, team option. Team, yeah. team option. So my question is: Is he they, going to? Uh, are there any indicators that this is going to affect renewal? I think so. I, uh, I do. I think I, I think away. that I think that the team right now is going to be looking at a. 
a lot of players that are on contracts. I believe Kim Ki-hee, Leardem, uh, Victor Rodriguez, Gustav, Gustav Benson. Uh, all of these players are on contract years. I think they're going to take a hard, long look at the new CBA that's changing. Oh, yeah. At yeah. all of these contracts, and they're going to make decisions. Uh, I think Love Roman is somebody who so. I would like him to stay. I think the team... He's probably on the fence about him, uh, but he does have offers. I mean, he's a very popular player in Colombia. He is everything. He He's just as popular as he's in, in Panama. He gets, I mean, talked to in Twitter at least five times a day from Yikes. fans and Missionarios in Santa Fe yeah. and all of these teams in Colombia. So he's somebody that I'm sure if the Santos were not to sign him, he'd probably still have a good couple of years. Can we sign and trade? <laughs> that could be an option. I mean, Garth's a very smart guy. Yeah. Yeah. He would be, be be willing to take pick up that option. It's a yeah, yeah. Mechanism. Isn't that what they kind of like tried 50, to do last year? That's yeah. 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 Trade yeah. for 50000 yeah. no. Because in Colombia, a uh, uh, Colombian club is not going to want to play the transfer. He's going to say, you will take them. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know if they're going to be able to pay is he that, a transfer fee. An international, does he take up an international spot? Yeah. Yes. Right. So I, I don't see the team no, honestly just, keeping him around. Probably. I think this is the end of the Unless, you know, they feel that he would work as a role model for Javier leadership roles. He does it so well in the national team with all these young oh players. God, yeah. They don't really yeah. play well in their clubs, but whatever with Panama, they play along Rwanda, they play well. Uh, and, and, yeah, so we'll see how that end up, end up going. Well, if I, we I, don't I, retain him, he will definitely be missed. But, we'll trade him um, in Minnesota for Ozzy. Before, <laughs> before we roll to the outlook for the rest of the year, I'd like to transition and talk about, because we're, we're, we're kind of limited on time here, uh, but I'd like to talk about any missed opportunities uh, that you guys saw during the transfer window, uh, anything that was being chased down that didn't work out, anything that might still be in the pipeline for uh, for normal transfer window uh, between the years. Yeah, absolutely. What do you guys got going on? Well, I mean, I think that... Uh it's safe to say, looking at my board, looking at uh, some really deep intel that, of course, as you guys know, that's kind of my thing. Uh, it's it, a transfer window. I do know that there are several guys that they were looking at that sixth position that they brought Emmanuel Sashini in mm-hmm. that are still, I, I believe, in their board. And that's why you bring uh, Emmanuel in a loan in which you can decide to buy him after the end of uh 2020 uh because you have those options i know that there's wingers that they're looking at um very good young wingers uh with the ability to maybe break out on uh the scene uh so i I think that there's good options coming i don't think there was ever big offers on the table uh i believe that the team uh understood what they wanted to do uh what the limitations were uh at one point um I think that the fact that the CBA was changing definitely made him a little bit of a uh, trigger shy yeah. on, on some of these guys, understanding that they were signing short contracts for the next window. Um, so all, all of that is coming up uh, for this team. Uh, I think that Chris Anderson is, is just looking in the right places. I think there's going to be a lot of turnover uh, on the next season. Uh, but, yeah. We got to do a CBA show. I think that would be yeah, pretty cool. It's going to be interesting. That it's would be, be slick. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, I, and there, it was kind of like this mysterious timeline, though, where Garth came out publicly after they signed Ariaga and Jones, and was like, "Oh, we're targeting a true third designated player." And he said that publicly. Even mm-hmm. I talked to him yesterday. He's like, "Yeah, I, I said that. Russell like, Wilson. that was roughly <laughs> the plan." And then. <laughs> 
shortly thereafter, like whether it came down from above or something fell through. Like there's so, somewhere like, along the line, nah. it was like that's not going to happen anymore. Well, that's the thing is, I know I, every time there was times where Garth would basically said, "Hey, you know, it was it last year? I don't know." There was a big poop storm about Garth. More or less said. You know, I, I'm not the one signing the checks, y'all. Yeah, absolutely. And then, like, which is e- true. Adrian, yeah, well, no, true. for sure. Adrian like jumped on real quick, and then made him apologize immediately. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm still kind of true. Still not that guy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and you got you got to believe that uh, you know these guys. Uh, they're you know Garth. He's excited about the team too. He gets you know the words come out faster sometimes than the yeah. reality. Like they want to make splashes. They want to make big announcements. They want to have big signings, and they. They want to win. I mean, I think the Sounders want to win. Uh, from top to bottom, we want to win. I think the question is like, are we aggressively trying to winning sometimes? Trying to win sometimes, or are we content with like, ah, oh, it's a long term game? But we talked about that earlier. But uh, but I think those guys. I, I I don't think there's any anything malicious in uh, in in what they say. I think I think no. that they are really excited about you know what they have planned. And again, like benefit of the doubt. Like I mean, they built a team that's been mm-hmm. very consistently successful and. Yeah, and you talked about missed opportunities in the transfer window. It's just it's one of those few times that I think that you could just feel the team starting to kind of spiral, and I think they needed something. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the few times that like I looked at them and it was like they should have done something and they did it. And I think that it was probably coming down from above, and I think it's contributing to the fact that they just they don't have any answers. Yeah. Right. And, like, yeah. Their answers pretty much been like, oh, like well. Victor comes back. We're going to be fine. Yeah, yeah. we just got to get all our pieces yeah, back into place, yeah, and then yeah, you'll see. We've yeah, never bet your season on Victor. I think I'd like even re- with Garth. I refer to it as like going all in on a pair of sixes. It's like <laughs> it, it's a tough bet to make on your season. Split, split the sixes. I've done all in with seven deuce. It doesn't always work out, but five percent of the time it works every time. Yeah. Um, I'm Steve Kettleson. You're listening to the Flounders B Team podcast. We are at the illustrious Black Rock Spirits Tequila Bar, home of Sparkle Donkey Tequila with Stefan Schachtel. Uh, we're, of course, here with Matt Pence and Nico Moreno, El Rodo Noroeste on the Twitters, um, and uh, Tim Hamilton. Oh, yeah, uh, that's me. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back to close the show out with a uh, quick outlook for the rest of the year and your listener questions. Hey, this is Steve, host of the Flounders B-Team podcast. Flounders B-Team is part of the Channel 253 Network, a group of podcasters committed to making Tacoma a better place to live, work, play, and listen. We've got lots of great shows like Citizen Tacoma, hosted by Candace Rood, a truthful look at the state of politics in and around the city, and We Art Tacoma with Eric Hamburg, taking a close look at the vibrant art scene. If you're listening to Flounders B-Team, you might know Nate Bowling from the Nerd Farmer podcast and Hope Teague co-host of The Interchangeable White Lady, both taking deep looks at issues with nationwide impact through a local lens. You can help support independent media by becoming a member of Channel 253 at channel253.com forward slash membership. Not only will you help us grow and improve the network, but you'll have access to special members-only events, giveaways, and early access content. Become a member today at channel253.com forward slash membership. And thanks for supporting the Flounders B-Team podcast. This is Steve, and you are back with the Flounders B-Team podcast. We have Stefan Schachtel of Sparkle Dunk Tequila, Tim Hamilton, uh, Matt Pence of The Athletic, uh, also author of a new-ish book, The Ish. Sound and the Glory. Sorry, Tim, I had to, I had no, to cut you, you off. You do you, boo-boo. I'm not, I'm not done. I'm going to talk over here off mic. 
uh, Nico Moreno of uh, of Sounder at Heart of uh, I, I want to say Planet Football, but that's not right. I'm sorry. No, uh, Deportes Total USA. Deportes Total USA. Football MLS. I will give a quick plug. Uh, my, my new platform that I'm working on, Pulse Sports Network, uh, YouTube. Uh, Twitter and Facebook, we're working on the website, and uh, we got some in- interesting uh, work coming up. Uh, we wanted to be the home of the exclusive, so we got a lot of one-on-ones. We got a really good one coming up with uh, a player, actually, I can't <laughs> say, uh, and it's going to be really good. So you guys l- look into that. It's going to be on YouTube. I'm going to put it out there, but the plan is to get intimate, really in-depth with players, and for you guys to know them a little bit better, I'm working on the whole... Uh, subtitle thing just so it can cool, be obviously cool. broader uh but we got some good things coming up Go right on man matt do you have anything you want to plug before we uh move out here uh no subscribe to the athletic it's always very appreciated what's the monthly subscription fee for the athletic by uh, the way for that fantastic content it's good it's good, it's good content. content it's usually 4.99 but there's usually some kind of special going on so you can usually get it for 2.99 a month support independent media the athletic is a fantastic me, outlet I, I appreciate have you met andrew hammond describes. andrew oh <laughs> <laughs> that poor right, guy. We'll, uh, we'll edit Jesus. that out. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, before we move on to the outlook, we want to do quick predictions for the score. Uh, uh, Portland at home. I'm sorry. Wait, wait. I'll plug something to you. I'll wait. I'll plug something to Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry. Go ahead. Big, big news. Big news. We got uh, the Sparkle Duncan Reposado in all the Safeways in the state of Washington. It's a huge deal. For a small company like ours, so if you're a fan of Sparkle Donkey mm-hmm. and the Flounders B team, go pick up a bottle at uh, your local Safeway. Just got to make that plug. Yeah, the Safeway's on every corner. You're we're not a small company. It's a big deal. It's a big deal, and it's on special yeah, I mean, too, right? Like five bucks. Good, good off. feature. Good, good, uh, good price. Uh, of course, Bevmo Total Wine, but Safeway right now is uh, is a huge deal for us. So please uh, support uh, local uh, local Washington business. Yeah, absolutely. Sparkle Donkey has uh, Nico El Rolum. Stamp on it, completely approved. <laughs> I mean, that is good. You want to sign this bottle? Yeah, right. You know what? I'm going to devalue it. But, yeah. but it, it matters to anybody. At the garage sale, $5. For somebody who enjoys good tequila, this is some really, really good tequila. It's Thank so you. smooth. It's so sweet. It's so, so mellow. Mm-hmm. It's magical. Um, so we'll just go round robin predictions. Uh, Stefan, what do you think the score is going to be at the end? Listen, I'm, I'm a man who uh, uh, lives in a, uh, a, a beautiful, hope-filled dream, uh-huh. a cloud. Um, and uh, it, I am, come. I, I really, really believe that the Sounders are going to pull through here. I think it's going to be uh, 2-1 Sounders. I was there for 4-4, man. That shit was, I'm always talking about that. Waving a flag the whole time. Jeez, that was, what a comeback. Tim Hamilton, what's I'm, your thought? Honestly, I'm worried. The Kramers? I'm worried. I'm wor- worried. I'm worried. Portland Trap is a game. counter team, and we're slow oh, yeah. to develop our attack, and we're going to get countered. But if we just stand at the you know, the 35-yard line and just kind of do the haka dance or just, you know, like, come on, come on, come on, come get the ball from me. Come on. I dare you. Come get the ball. <laughs> Bring them out. Then maybe we'll stand a chance. I mean, we, yeah. we have Rui Diaz, and we'll have some attacking players. I just don't know if we can defend right now. I'm concerned about the counter as well, but and depending on what pieces actually get laid out that first half, we um, can win. I always, I always say uh, we won the MLS Cup without a shot on goal, so anything's possible. <laughs> uh, defense, defense, defense. Matt, what do you think? 
it seems like every time the Sounders start to approach rock bottom, they have to play at Portland. Mm-hmm. Like the timing has just been wild <laughs> for like years now. It's like every time like you're at that pivot point, they got to the, go down there. That's the inflection. It just seems like they're really against the ropes right now. Uh, I'm going to go 4-1 Timbers. Cut me. Cut me. Wow. 4-1 Timbers. Yeah. I think it's going to be ugly. Wow. You're not a homer. <laughs> that, that is That's objective opinion. right there. Right? That is real, real objective. That's, That's hard to follow. That's hard to follow. Uh, okay, well, just to go here at medium, I, I do believe that this team is going to rally. I know that they've been having team meetings. I know that Nicolas Odero has spoken to this team. I think that they will hear him. I'm very concerned about defensive part of it i know that uh the back line isn't looking well but i think that as long as we don't play with five in the back and we uh focus on the strength of our midfield and we're able to hold possession and defending that nature of just keeping the ball away from portland and keeping it away from uh difficult positions in the midfield where you can get quick counters i think seattle will hold up and they're gonna tie i feel they're gonna tie i think it's gonna be a one-one uh, draw at providence park who wins Cascadia at that point? Oh God, Portland then. Yeah, so they need a dr- they need any result to win Cascadia. We just need a win. So I think it's going to be two two until stoppage time, and then Rude Diaz will uh, will grab a banger. Or Jordan Morris will wow. grab a banger, and it'll be just super dramatic, and we'll we'll win three two. That'd be a glorious Listen, ride home on the bus. Sounders have something to prove. Uh, they know, like just like you were saying. Uh, they know they're up against a wall here. I, I think they're going to come out guns blazing, but yeah. But, but I mean, a counterman. if you look at it, I mean, Matt is not like his thought process is not outlandish at all. I mean, I think we are a little bit more on defensive. Like, man, I mean, when well, it comes to talent, when it comes to that defense, it's going to be a yeah. tough game. And oh, it's yeah. just, it'd be, it'd be one slot. thing if like they were starting to kind of fall, <laughs> but it's like the last couple weeks of training has been like groundhog day. Like every single week, they're like, this, uh, this is going to be the week. Like, this this is the time. we got to get it going. And that's why he's the man. That's why I knew he was the guy for this I got you, baby. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Speaking of talent. Just real quick. Just real quick. So I'm going on a fishing trip this weekend, and I already called ahead to the local bar, and that's the in the small town that's closest to our camp, and made sure that they were playing the Sounders game uh, Friday night at 7 o'clock. So I've already, like, laid out the groundwork. They have the, the game with sound, so I'm there leaving camp and watching the game. I believe, I believe. Dedication. Dedication. I believe. So uh, we got about 10 minutes left before everybody has hard stops. Uh, so before we get into listener questions, I, uh, I think it's very clear that um, that the, uh, the the outlook for the rest of the season probably pivots pretty heavily on the outcome of this match coming up on Friday. So I'd like to focus for just a couple minutes on Brian Schmetzer and whether he's the man for this job. Um, I like that. And there's been a lot of uh, there's been a lot of kind of to me kind of bizarre uh, Schmetzer out kind of chatter on on the social media. Early. And I'd like to see what you guys uh, think about that, Matt. <laughs> Yeah, I, th- I think that it would be very incredibly knee-jerk and unfair. Um, I will say, though, like I was telling uh, Tim, it was just kind of like it feels a little bit last day of Ziggy-ish. Yeah. In a way that I, this is all like I don't have insider knowledge on that. This is all speculation. 
It's just the general vibe around the team. Watching that LA game, I'm like, that's Kansas City in 2016. <laughs> that's right. And whenever Ziggy got ousted, it was partially because it was the time of year where season tickets were down mm-hmm. and they were worried about the financials for the next year and keeping people excited if they missed the playoffs. Obviously, things aren't as dire now, but you bring in this whole new ownership group, got the new business guy. If they go out there and lose 5 nothing, I don't think he's going to get fired, but there's just a really weird energy. There's right going to be a conversation. But I, I, I don't necessarily I, – I don't think that's going to happen. I think the question is probably more whether he comes back for next year if they just sort of limp to the finish line and get knocked out in the first round. Um, that – is a little bit more interesting and maybe you can do it more gracefully and he walks away in his own terms. That's probably what they're playing for in the next couple of months is whether I'm, Spencer's for sure going to come back. Or not. I'm yeah. guessing we're going to talk about this again before the end of the year. Yeah. Nico, what's your, what's your take? I think he hit around the head when it comes to, you know, the final part of his answer uh, in which I think the real question is whether he comes back next year or not. I mean, he has one more year of his contract. I do. And I believe that he will play that out. I think he will, he'll finish it up and just, uh, walk away at that point. I think that it is outrageous to ask for Brian <laughs> Smetzer's uh, head at this time. I mean, it just makes no sense to me. I believe that he's working with what he has. If you look at the struggles, the injuries, the absences, uh, the retirements, everything that has hit this team throughout the year, the fact that we're two points away from second place, talks about what he's done well with this team. I was not happy with the setup at Real Salt Lake. Uh, that was probably the worst game of the season to me. I thought it was way too defensive. I thought it was a bad choice. Uh, but I don't believe that is enough for me to say that Brad Spencer is not the guy for the job. I think that he bleeds this team. He can definitely work it out with the, the group. Uh, at this point in time, I just don't think he had the weapons to do it. We just talked about it, Matt, uh, throughout you know this this whole episode. We talked about the fact that they were very gun shy in the fact of bringing big name players because it was going to happen next year. So it'd be unfair to just blame him for what happened, especially after a game in LA where the mistakes were individually about execution. Kim Ki he was atrocious in the defensive line. Roldan, who's typically a good player, very sound defensively and and great overall, one of my favorite players in the centers, was not at his best against LA. The team was not good. And at the end of those last 15 minutes, they could have had the win. They just didn't do it. I thought Silva played well at the end, so I think that's a good piece that's coming up for the future. Uh, But I think that it'd be wrong to talk about Bryce being kicked out at this point in time. We need to cut straight to listener questions at this point. I just got, got one question, one buddy. comment. Uh, Garth has yet to hire a coach. So I'm wondering oh. if that was one of those things that maybe he's going to put a stamp on the team finally because he more or less inherited Ziggy and then Sch- uh, Schmetz was doing so well right. with the turnaround. To. So yeah. you got to hire that guy. So anyway, moving on. Right on, man. Uh, so we are going to go straight to listener questions and then I got a ringer question at the end for everybody. Uh, first question from Nick Garcia. Uh, even if we get a result this weekend at Portland, but we still have another really dreadful lackluster performance later in the season, is it panic time? Uh, I mean, if they get a result, I think that that's all you can expect at this point. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's any way they go down there and play Portland off the field and win like 3-1 or something. Right. So I think that anything they can do to take a point and sort of stop the bleeding here, that's a positive. So if we have uh, okay, 
get two results in a row, cats and dogs living together. Mm. Everything, <laughs> everything's, everything's happy. We're, we're, we're singing and swinging. Hold the hands. All right. Um, let's see. Uh, Sandra Brarian asks, what do you think is going to happen with Roman Torres? It seems like Nico Ladero has been really quiet lately and is maybe avoiding the press. Is that accurate? Uh, if so, do you care to guess why? Uh, no. So Roman Torres, I think he will continue to play. I think he's mm-hmm. going to be a big piece when he comes back uh, September 29th. I don't think that he will uh, continue here unless the club pulls that option on him. Uh, I think he would do well here, uh, but I just don't think that they're going to be looking his way after uh, you're not being for a certain amount of time. Uh, when it comes to Nico, I do think that he's wrong. I don't think he's hiding at all. I just think he hasn't been asked to be part of the press. Um, he's been very vocal with within the team, and I think maybe I am to blame that he hasn't talked because I should be the one that should be interviewing him. So I will <laughs> keep an eye on that, and I can guarantee you that I'll be talking to him this week. Right on. Well, and it's, like, it's one of those things that Nico really adds to the press corps because we do not have nearly enough Spanish speakers for the amount of Spanish players on this team right now, so a lot of times... They just kind of get fall through the cracks because mm-hmm. it's a, just easier to talk to somebody in English. Yeah, we've so. got a security detail on Nico at all times. <laughs> <laughs> Nico Moreno. We need yeah. a that yeah. Is. We definitely Nico Moreno. We definitely need a succession plan for you. So get that network up and running, buddy. Thank you. Make it. I'm taking Rosetta Stone in the car. Yeah, <laughs> I'm working on um, Sunbrenner uh, <laughs> also yeah, asks if there's any updates on Iron Front related things. We aren't going to address that in this podcast. We're going to see what happens after Friday, and I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about on our next show uh, with the Flounders B team. Kitten updates from Emily. Matt Pence, will you sign my copy of your book? I forgot to bring the book, Matt. I'll have to come back. Sign Damn. your sign your boobs. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> but with thick Ooh, nobody wants to see that. You There you go. Wow. It's very it's nice. so human. It's never going to dry. This got savage. Um, John uh, JM underscore Murph. John Murphy asks: Assuming everyone is healthy, what's the team's best backline formation for the rest of the season? Of course, minus Torres until he returns. Backline formation it has to be Brad Smith uh, in the middle, Kim Kihi and Javier Arriaga, and uh, lead them in the back. All right. Are we married to the four two three one? I mean, should married. we? At, the, at this point, yeah. So there's not going to be any changes just because, like, we're so far into this right now. No. Let's just go with what we know. One of those okay. Echo adjustments at the, at the 74th well. minute. Is this, the, the, the whole three in the back just doesn't look no, well. No, but. It I, didn't look well last season. It doesn't look well this season. I'm, if you're going to do that, you need different players. I'm thinking four four two, but at this time, it's just one of those things like, uh, you know, we were talking 2000, 2016. Uh, we were engaged to be married to the 4-3-3 and we played that under like it just wasn't working we kept rolling it out kept rolling it out do we have an opportunity do we have enough of different looks to to uh that's the problem <laughs> this team is so built to play that formation exactly Which, even without Ozzy and, yeah, without and without Chad. any other strikers I mean if you're gonna start off with two strikers it, it just makes it difficult because who are you going to bring in? Now you have Silva, you have Silva. and then he's he's looked okay, but that's all you have at that time. Yeah. I think the team plays better because Nico being free in the middle and being able to exchange positions with your wingers is where he plays his best. Even the ability to come behind the nine, uh, so I just I feel like that's where they play the best. All right, what else you got? What are your thoughts? Nick Garcia asks, "What are your thoughts on the recent performances of Jones?" I assume he's talking about Joven Jones. <laughs> Has question. he been effective at left back? Darwin Darwin Jones is great. Has, 
and I liked him as a winger earlier. What do we think about Jovan Jones? Uh, I think I he's, he's looked. I think he's looked very flat since he got back. This the spark that he had before he left has just not been there for whatever reason. And maybe he can recapture that, but. Ever since he, he came back, he just doesn't have that sort of energy about him. Play some no, I, I totally agree. Having he, a baby does that to a person. Yeah, I'll tell you, what, what, in my section where, where I sit, we, there, there were three guys behind me, and they talked about Jovan Jones from the, the second he landed on our field, and they were just uber fans. And I always struggled to appreciate what he did, but by the end of that uh, first season, he was with the team. It's like he was making things happen. He was electric. He wasn't always the most accurate fella on the, on the pitch, but – he took risks. He he uh, he pushed the ball forward. He made our uh, offense uh, react to the opportunities that he was creating. Like it was a it was a, a tragedy when we lost him. Um, I would love to see that Jones back. Yeah, I, I would Still add that he's, just, back. he's not the same player. I think that he's uh, struggled with fitness. I feel that he at this time. He's just not the player he used to be. He doesn't have that spark, and his decision making in the final third is uh, uh, it's not good at all. Uh, I just think that I think he's a player that had always sort of had Europe as a goal of his. He's just one of those guys that that was always a major career thing for him. And having had that chance and had it not work out, I think it's just a tough human thing. Absolutely, and I think he's still dealing absolutely. with it. Worked out for Landon Donovan. <laughs> James Woolard asks. How do you pronounce El Burro Espalcalo with a British accent? <laughs> El what? El I need Burro to say Espalcalo. I'm leaving this one in so Nico. If you, read the, if you read the front of El the... El Burro Espalcalo. But how do you do it with a British accent? <laughs> yeah, I don't have a Spanish... I, I definitely have a British accent. So uh, I'll say El Burro, El Burro Espalcalo. Espalcalo. Espalcalo would be the... Would that be sounds the like American... Girl. El Burro Esparcalo. That's Southern. Espar- but is that like I, I think Espargo in Spanish would be more like... Brillante. Brillante. El Burro Brillante sounds a lot better. And he could probably sound a lot better with it. it. He's fantastic. So when, we, when we launched uh, uh, Sparkle Nucky, I told my mom, I was like, hey, mom, uh, we're going to call it... Uh, my mom's from Chihuahua State, uh, oh, yeah. northern Mexico. I was like, hey, mom, we're going to oh, call it El Burro Esparcalo. And she's like, ay, Esteban, sabes que Esparcalo's not a real word. I'm like, I know. I know, no, mom. That's the joke. It's sparkle. It's like so. All the English speakers know exactly. It's sparkle. It must mean sparkle. You know, it's Spanish. Generations mangling the Spanish yeah, language. Love it. Um, serious question from James Willard. Uh, what is the key to turning our season around? Uh, I think you just need health. You, you need to have that same lineup that was initially uh, that started so well. I think Victor Rodriguez and Brad Smith uh, are a key part of this lineup because of the ability they can play off of each other, the way that uh, they have those those runs on that same side. Victor Rodriguez is a guy that can take on guys, that can, has the ability to stretch the defense. You don't have it at this time. Harry Shape is a very good player technically, but he just doesn't give you that one-on-one ability to stretch the defense. So you need that. So health is the key for this team to turn it around i also think they need somebody to get hot i think Mm -hmm. you just need either jordan Mm -hmm. or you need joven to figure it out Mm -hmm. raul to just sort of get in a good run Mm -hmm. i think you just need somebody to drag them out of this funk because just collectively they just all feel like they're in a bad place nobody puts this team on their back anymore i mean there were times where you know it used to be what 
you know, Clinton Oba, they could just win a game by themselves. I think everyone just needs to do their job specifically. I'm watching the games often and I see like Nico trying to you know, trying to be everywhere, trying to be everybody, mm-hmm. you know, be everything for everybody. But someone's falling short somewhere and there's too many of our you know, I guess leaders that uh, they're just gonna all have an off days. Mm-hmm. So like you said, get hot and and just just Get your job nailed down first. Yeah. Don't let your job suffer so that you can help this guy with this his job. We I talked. think there's a there's a there's a bit of desperation that's happening right yeah, now that leads like. to this sort of frantic like oh my god so like Lodiero he he has a lot on his shoulders I think mm, because yeah. he doesn't want to fail so you see that guy busting his butt everywhere on the pitch and it's like he cannot do everything and he's not good at doing everything like let him play his position like you said um, I think that we are desperately lacking for a, a kind of a leadership and I think leadership comes with some success someone standing up I and be agree. like listen the we can do this let's like let's rely on a, a cornerstone and rebuild this because mm-hmm. uh, all is not lost we talked about well. this at the uh, uh, earlier in the season uh, Kevin Zamiro was on and uh, we talked a lot about trust. And when you have situations like that, like early in the season, Jordan Morris was everywhere trying to cover. Uh, yeah. And now Lodero's everywhere trying to cover. There's a there's with leadership comes trust, uh, and that's a two way street. You got to be able to trust your people to do the things that they're supposed to be do. So it speaks to everything you guys are saying. Let the people do their jobs and um, and and trust them to do it. Well, yeah, there's been plenty of times uh, the last game or two. Uh, Leardom is just like gesticulating. He he wants mm-hmm. it, like you said, just trust. Yeah, the best part. I mean, I'll go back to Nick. Uh, uh, Clinton Oba, the best part they had about each other is if you just make that run, I'll find you. Don't stop. Don't even look at me. I will get you the ball. And then that's how they play really well with one another is you just keep running. I will get the ball at your feet. Don't worry about it. I got you, babe. Yeah, and th- that, that partnership is what you're missing right now because yeah. Nico had Victor to, to play with. He yeah. had that guy to Somebody go simpatico. to. And they just, they just played well with each other. It was almost telepathically. And, yeah. and I mentioned this before uh, in a show I did in Spain about Victor Rodriguez because he is such a good player. He just can't stay healthy Mm -hmm. at all. But when Nico has that other guy to go with, it's fantastic. It's beautiful. The way they work together, he needs somebody else to be able to help out with it. Is there enough tequila for the current run of form? That's from PNW Medium Format, uh, local <laughs> photographer. Not if you're Nico Moran. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had a ringer question, last one of the show. Um, what are your favorite picks for the new name for the recently announced St. Louis game, uh, St. Louis team? Anything but United or FC. Inter. <laughs> I'd like to have it be something that ties back to the history there. I mean, mm-hmm. St. Louis probably has the deepest soccer history of anywhere in the U.S. So I'd like something that reflects that. And I, I don't have any reference. No ready. trees. No. No the trees. Arches. Something, something with arches. The arches. Good. Yeah. St. Louis yeah. arches. There the golden go. arches. The wow. Wow. All right. I was going to make a so, joke like that. Uh, I opted not to. <laughs> Anybody else have any thoughts they on the name? Are. No idea. Yeah, I have it's nothing. Early. Yeah, but I, I mean, it, it really, I like what, what uh, Tim said. said. I feel like it's always about bringing it back to the culture and what he came out around. And if they, you know, th- that culture, uh, soccer wise, if there was a team before, I mean, they should go ahead and bring that up because that's what really means to a team. 
maybe like a, an animal indigenous to that area, like the rams or something. The Anheuser Bushes. That's good. I like that. Yeah, no, no, that's, that's, a, that's a great point. What are they doing the with their stadium right now? Would actually be kind of tight. <laughs> yeah, right. What are they doing <laughs> with their stadium? St. Louis Clydesdale. That's right. Anheuser Busch. All those wild Clydesdale herds. Are they going to be able to? They're going to be able to play in the dome. I Anybody using that dome? The St. Louis stadium. foam. Ooh. A foam dome? Oh, that's good. Hey. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to the Flounders B-Team podcast, a production of Channel 253. In studio, of course, uh, uh, the, our gracious host, Stefan Schachtel of Black Rock Spirits. Uh, try Sparkle Donkey Tequila. Uh, they have four varieties. They've got the Reposado, the Añejo, the Silver, and, of course, the Hot Donkey. The Canela. You got the vanilla? What? The canela. Oh, the cinnamon. The cinnamon. <laughs> said vanilla. Yeah, there you go. Um, so let's see. Uh, also in studio, of course, Matt Pence. Thank you for taking the time today. Anytime. Um, and uh, we'll we'll have to talk about your book on a future show or, you know, whatever you want to do. I don't know Jeff if you're tired of showing show. for it. Hey, I had fun. Yeah. Did you do pretty good? <laughs> I think so. I don't have exact numbers. Okay. Yet, but it All right. Seems yeah. like I got to talk to my accountant. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I got. I, I got to tell you yeah. that I, I had my my son's uh, class, and I haven't told him this yet. So this is like news to him. I had my son's class last year. They had uh, a book to read, and uh, we, we put his out for it, Consideration. a vote. In vote, and he won the vote. So all the kids Woo! in his class. Bought it. I'm thinking about sales maybe, are up. You know, getting it to do it right because that, that they actually bought it in because Isaac is a huge Sander fan, loves Matt, and he was able to bring it. In. I don't know how, but be a popular kid, and they ended up going with that book. So there you have it. If you want it, you gotta go get it. Where can we find you on social media, Matt? Um, Twitter at Matt Pence is probably the easiest. P E N T Z. Yeah, I'm, st- I'm still on there begrudgingly. <laughs> begrudgingly on the Twitters. Yeah. Uh, Stefan, where can we find you and your brand? Uh, you can find me uh, posting all things soccer and tequila at Sparkle Donkey TQ. And that's probably on Twitter, Instagram, uh, all the all the Facebook, etc. MySpace. The <laughs> on the MySpace. We, we would like to be in your top eight spaces. <laughs> Uh, Nico Moreno at El Rolo NW El Rolo NW and I want you guys to follow me because I am beginning to think that I might start sharing part of my big board that I have at home <gasps> next year yeah it's coming up so uh, maybe at, at a pool I'm trying to get more followers to El Pulso I might be showing you guys my board give you guys a little bit more names of all the guys that the Sounders scout that don't necessarily come here uh but you know you'll see it just like nico gaitan you know he was on my board he ends up going to uh chicago we get allocation money for it so that's like a check mark on mine i had it right but he goes somewhere is there any limit to the amount of uh, people that we can just have, like, oh, I see him. Uh, let check. Scout, scout, yeah, scout, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you li- lift your leg on. I, I peed on him. I, I lick. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, that, that's my yeah. uh, high germs. Yeah, yeah. no, uh, there is a limit. I don't know that number. I will find out. But there's definitely a limit. They have to get guys in and out of that list. Yeah. Uh, so you can't just have Luis Suarez or you know <laughs> Messi, Messi now, all day long. That's right. <laughs> Messi's my yeah yeah. 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 Right, everybody. Thank you so much for a fantastic show. I'm Steve. 
Tim Hamilton co-hosting. We're going to take a quick drink of this uh, hot donkey for dessert. And uh, thank you all so much for listening and supporting Independent Media and Channel 253. Salute. 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 This is Channel 253.